I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. It's October 28th, 2021. We are streaming live on rumble.com, YouTube, and Blaze TV. Wherever you're watching, don't forget to subscribe. If there is a notification bell, tap it. You could share our videos, tell friends and family alike about them, and uh, maybe post them on other social media sites and see how long it takes you to get banned. Although that won't happen on Rumble or on Locals. Obviously a lot to talk about today. It is Thursday, so we are doing a Q&A. We got dozens and dozens of questions from my Locals community. You still have a chance if you wanna to try to get in a question because I'm doing this for about a half hour, rubenreport.locals.com. The pinned post right now is uh, me asking for your questions so you can try to get one in. Uh, and I did wanna cover one thing before I get to some of the questions because you know my feelings about this Ron DeSantis guy. I had dinner with him on Friday night at a fundraiser, and he is, he is the real deal. This is a guy who uh, speaks from the hip. This is a guy who knows what he's talking about. Uh, this is a guy who's defending freedom. He is standing up against the machine and all of that stuff. And I saw a tweet by uh, one of his PR people this morning. I believe uh, she is his press secretary, Christina Pouchaw. That's a great last name. Uh, and here's the tweet. In Florida, there will be no COVID-19 vaccine mandate on children. That is the law. And that is from Governor Ron DeSantis. So this is the only story that I wanna cover before we jump into the Q&A because it was making me think, the way this is gonna be framed, and I saw already some of the responses online and the way mainstream media is covering it, is that Ron DeSantis wants to kill children. That's what he really wants to do. He wants to murder as many children as possible. Or, as I talked about yesterday on MSNBC, where they said that Ron DeSantis wants to kill old people because he's bringing in law enforcement that want to move to Florida because they're not happy with vaccine mandates wherever they live. He's bringing them into Florida. And as that lunatic, I mean, a true lunatic the woman is, uh, Joy Reid on MSNBC said that basically he's bringing them in so they can cough on old people in Florida and kill them. So the narrative around DeSantis is he wants to kill old people and he wants to kill young people. Of course, neither uh, of those things is true. As a matter of fact, uh, the numbers have just come out over the last couple of days. And if I'm not mistaken, can we completely double check this? But I'm 99.9% .9 sure I'm telling the truth here. Uh, Florida has the lowest numbers of COVID right now, okay? So, uh, and whether it's the lowest or the third lowest, I'm pretty sure it's the lowest, the point is he kept the state open. He keep, he's keeping people working. He's inviting law officers. Yes, according to Yahoo News, Dave Rubin knows what he's doing. Florida now has America's lowest COVID rate. So he's not trying to kill children. He is not trying to kill old people. He is not trying to kill middle-aged people. He's actually looking at data. He is looking at the numbers and he is listening to the professionals who are not trying to manipulate us and keep us masked and locked down and with 87 booster shots forever. So that is pretty great here. A little bit more from Yahoo. Florida's daily average has plummeted by more than 90% to about seven, uh, 1,700 cases or eight out of every 100,000 residents. That's roughly half of California's current COVID rate and less than a quarter of Vermont's. And as we've talked about many times related to Florida, they have the second 
oldest population in the United States. And he still managed to make sure people could go to work. He still kept the schools open and everything else. I have a feeling there's a couple questions about Florida in the q and I've been tipped off on one or two, so let's get right to it. Amy says, what are you most looking forward to with the Rumble acquisition of locals? So of course, this is what most of the questions were about this week. And as I said to you over the last couple of days, I am going to try to be as uh, transparent and honest and real with you as possible about why we did the deal, the reasons that I think this was the right deal to take, and, and just all of our policies going forward. I mean, what was exciting me, because I told you, I could have just walked. The way the deal was structured, I could have just taken the stock and walked. I didn't have to continue as being part of Rumble or Locals. Uh, but not only do I love the Rumble team, they've just got great people. I, I talked about Chris, the CEO, the other day, and obviously Dan Bongino and a whole bunch of other people that are involved that are fighting for the things that, that I talk about on the show all the time. It wasn't just that, it was that I wanna be one of the people that helps craft policy for a tech company. You know, Jack at Twitter and Cylon, Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook and the rest of them, it's like they're so distant from all of us. There's no way you can trust them. There's no forward-facing person at these companies that you feel like is actually kind of looking out for you. And it's like, if I can do a little bit of that, if I can communicate, if I can help craft and then communicate some of the policies, to you guys, like that's awesome. That that to me is something, not only something that I would want to do, but something that you know is using my skill set well, and I think that is something that is needed as we build this parallel ecosystem. So I would say I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the fact that we are building great tech. Not only did we build everything at locals ground up and with our code and built all of the stuff, that's what they were acquiring in essence. Rumble has incredible infrastructure, as I talked about. So, you know, when Amazon AWS just knocked out and blew up Parler, it's like, that can't happen to us now. So even though there was a huge part of me, and trust me, uh, myself and, and my partner, Asaf, and a few other people involved, some of our advisors and investors, like there was a huge, um, feeling like, oh, maybe we should just continue. Maybe don't sell now because our growth is so great and like, let's figure it all out. And then there was this other piece of, you know, we're at this very weird cultural moment. It feels like we're in the midst of, an, of a political revolution, cancel culture, like big tech, blowing up servers, the whole thing. We were like, well, maybe this is the moment to team up with people who have some of the pieces that we don't have and we have some of the pieces that, that they don't have. So when I talk about the puzzle pieces coming together, I don't know exactly what the puzzle looks like when it's complete, but I know we're starting to piece it together and it's starting to look pretty good. So I'm excited to, to communicate the ideas and policies to you guys. I'm excited that we've got the right tech and I'm excited that we will find all sorts of other companies to work with and we will build an ecosystem outside of this crazy, leftist big tech lunacy. That, that is my commitment to you and it's a commitment to myself actually. Uh, Perry says, we keep saying things will get worse culturally and politically before they get better. What does the bottom look like after, Michael, can you scroll a little bit more for me please? What does the bottom look like after which things start improving? Um, look, that's the million dollar question, right? So I think everyone that's sort of got their head on straight right now is looking at what's going on in the world and going, man, it's, it's pretty bad, right? Like supply chain stuff, we know about gas prices going up, we're seeing food not on certain shelves. 
uh, Michael said to me, or showed me a picture a couple days ago, he went to get a prescription filled, showed me the pharmacy here in LA, and it was like pretty barren back there. Like you're all seeing versions of, the, versions of this. And on top of critical race theory in the schools and just, just like everything, and the media melting down, like all of the stuff, you guys all know the stuff. Um, so the question is, how bad does that all get? Like what does that rock bottom look like? I don't know the answer. And I've asked this to a million people. Actually, I interviewed uh, Dr. Drew in here yesterday. It'll be up next week. And, uh, and we sort of got into that as well. Like nobody really knows what rock bottom looks like. I would prefer that we don't hit rock bottom. You know, when someone's an alcoholic or a drug addict, everyone says, well, they gotta hit rock bottom. Like whatever that means, meaning they've completely ruined their life or lost their job or lost all their relationships or end up in jail or whatever horrible situation you can think of, that's what's happened to them. It's like, that's what I don't want to happen to America. I think that's what I've been trying uh, and not just me, you guys by watching this and talking about these things in your own life and a whole bunch of other people, like that's what we're all trying to fight. Like let's not hit rock bottom. Rock bottom would be pretty horrible. Like it would be, I would say it would be unimaginably horrible because there would be, there would be more violence on the streets. We would have an economic collapse, all sorts of terrible things. So the best we can do is build new things. Like that stuff is gonna keep going down. All of these big companies that have brought in diversity and inclusion HR departments, they will destroy their own products. You really have to understand that. Like that is the key to this whole thing. Uh, and I will talk to, I haven't discussed, brought it up yet. I brought it up in like some very informal phone conversations, but I'm gonna talk to the Rumble guys. Like I wanna make sure we never have a diversity and inclusion uh, organization or advisors at Rumble and at locals, okay? Uh, and by the way, on just quickly on that front, we're also gonna keep those, the companies are gonna keep operating separately. We're gonna share resources, but we're still running uh, locals as is, just important to note. But they will destroy themselves in the name of diversity and inclusion. They won't hire the best engineers, they won't hire the best doctors, they won't hire the best pilots. All of that could lead to a pretty bad rock bottom, right? You wanna be on a plane with the best pilot, you wanna be uh, getting heart surgery from the best doctor, not a doctor because he's a black one-eyed lesbian, like that's not, well, he's a black one-eyed lesbian, I probably got booted, misgendered the black one-eyed lesbian. <laughs> anyway, you get the point. Um, so whatever rock bottom is, I don't know, but I know that the best way to avoid it is to start doing protections in your own life to avoid that rock bottom. Make sure you're not so reliant on the system that is gonna hit rock bottom. Actually, this is very much what my next book is about, Don't Burn This Country, which comes out in April, like getting off the system, stop being so reliant on a system that really just wants to take your money and abuse you. We're, we're now in an abusive relationship with the federal government. And, and many of us are in an abusive relation with our state governments here in California, for example. I would uh, juxtapose that with uh, what's going on in Florida where it's, it's, a real, it's a real symbiotic relationship. It's like, oh, I'm going to free you people as much as possible to live your lives and the people go, oh, I'm gonna live my life as much as possible and good things are gonna happen and their economy's blowing up and real estate's blowing up because everyone's moving there and all sorts of stuff. So what does rock bottom look like? I don't know, but trust me, I don't think we want to find out and that's what we have to avoid. Uh, Dwayne says, as a business owner in the gig economy, I want to accept crypto and money in a place where they can't shut me down at the root source for any reason. For example, I want to trust my POS. In the Locals Rumble universe, where can I bank and uh, wallet my money? This is a great question. So this is one of the things where I want to communicate the ideas we're working on. I can't share everything, but we are working on payment processor stuff. This is one of the big things, right? Because it's not just they can cancel you off Twitter 
or off Facebook, or you might lose your job if you say something or everything else. It's like, what happens when banks start calling half the country diseased racists? And then Chase says, oh, you, you voted for, for orange man, or you had this opinion about gender pronouns? We're not gonna open up an account with you. Now we have another problem. But this is what I mean about a parallel economy. We are going to build and we are building the new structures. So there's a limit on how much I can say about that specifically, but we're, we're working on payment processor stuff. This is a huge key to all this. By the way, this is also why crypto and Bitcoin is so important. Decentralized payments where you can't just be cut off because one guy says, okay, cut them off, or because a board, uh, you know, 20 people in a room say, oh, we don't like these people, they're not going to be able to bank with us, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so this is where decentralization will kick in, this is where alternative payment processors will kick in and everything else. So stay tuned on all that, and, and, and my hope is that it's in the not too distant future that I'll have a little bit more for you. Uh, Margo says, with all of this fantastic news, I must, I must ask, are you getting any quality rest? Keep it up. You know what? I went to sleep, believe it or not, I went to sleep at 9.30 last night. I don't remember the last time I went to sleep that early. I just, we were laying on the couch. We were watching Seinfeld. That's usually what I do to shut down at the end of the day. Well, actually we watched one episode of Downton Abbey. We're now in the final season. We're rewatching it. We're in, so I think it's season six. I think we're at about episode four. We're almost at the end of the series. And then we put on one episode of Seinfeld and, I, and my eyes were getting heavy, heavy and I usually kind of fight it for a while. And sometimes I actually like first passing out on the couch. Um, and we don't have a TV in our room. I do not believe in TV in, in the bedroom. Um, but I sometimes like passing on the couch, but my eyes were going down. I was like, you know what? I have been doing so much stuff the last couple days and all of this craziness and making this deal go through and everything else. I was like, I'm gonna go to bed at 9.30. And then of course my reward for that was my body didn't fully adjust. I was up at 6 a.m. this morning. So there you go. But I, I'm feeling energized. I'm feeling good. And, and I, I am not, I'm not, um, being facetious or over the top when I tell you, I can see the good stuff in the distance now, which is what I've been looking for for weeks, especially since the disastrous recall here in Cali. Like the alternative stuff, it's, it's being built. And even in the last couple of days, seeing more and more people out on the streets in New York City, firefighters and policemen and regular folks out there screaming against mask mandates and people showing up to the Brooklyn Nets game to protest in favor of Kyrie Irving, make a medical decision for himself. All of these things, the parents that are showing up to these boards all over, these school boards all over the country to say, hey, we don't want our children taught racist nonsense in the name of diversity. It's like, people are waking up, so let's just keep going. Let's, let's get a little juice in the system and let's keep running with it. Uh, Sarah says, what are your thoughts on Facebook's TV ad that is apparently inviting regulation on big tech? Curious timing airing just as the locals rumble deal is announced. Seems like the Zuck is gaming Congress to secure his platform and torpedo everyone else. So this is a great point. And, and this is something that people really need to understand. At some level, if you are the big boys right now, if you're Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, YouTube, the whole shebang, right? You want regulation. Now, why would you want regulation? You want regulation because A, that means you don't really have to fully do your job. The government can kind of tell you what 
to do. So now you've sort of outsourced a little bit of your decision-making power, which makes it kind of easy for everybody. But it also sort of cements that you will be the big boys forever. Once the government comes in and says, you companies have to do things a certain way, that stifles innovation. So now the new companies that are coming up on the way, that are trying to do all sorts of funky things and might have different people with different voices and diverse viewpoints on board, well now they have to play within those strict confines of whatever the government regulation is. Is, right, And this isn't just related to speech, it's related to building codes and whatever else there might be, whatever the government might, might wanna regulate, usually, pretty much always, stifles innovation. It might have good intentions, right? It really might, and I'm not sitting here saying that we should have no regulation whatsoever. I think there's an interesting libertarian argument for that, I've talked about it for a long time, whether you could privatize all sorts of uh, regulations, building codes and things, there's some argument around that, that's not exactly the argument I'm making, we can have some possible sensible uh, regulation. Uh, but yeah, I do think it's possible that at some level Zuckerberg's like, man, I built this company, I'm worth gajillion dollars, but boy do I have an endless headache when it comes to speech and the culture wars and politics and everything else. If only the government could just basically say to us, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. Boy, I, that would save me a lot of time and a lot of headache. Um, and to your other point, I do think that they are quaking in their boots a little bit. Like people are not, like loving Facebook anymore. Are you even on Facebook? Are you on Facebook? Like personally, not really. Are you on Facebook? Like, no, like I'm not on Facebook. We have a, we have a page for the show, um, but you know, no young person's like, mom, I'm getting on Facebook today. Like Facebook is sort of ending, which is why they're really pushing this multiverse, right? Is that what it's called? This new multiverse that Facebook is pushing right now because they basically want to turn us all into Ready Player One the movie, they want us to be online even more and just so that we'll live in a digital world much like the Matrix. That's the new thing that they're pushing. Is it called the multi, the multiverse or the, what's it called? The multiverse or no, it's called the, uh, what is it called? Facebook creates, uh, digi yeah, it's a, Zuckerberg's vision for a digital universe, but it's not called the multiverse. What's it called? Multiverse is from Spider-Man. Maybe it is the multiverse. Anyway, we'll get to it. We'll get to more of that in a sec. The metaverse, thank you, the metaverse. Okay, I knew I was getting close. Uh, and what is the metaverse? It's a concept related to VR and AR involving creating digital worlds that multiple people can inhabit at the same time. So basically the, the direction that Facebook wants to go right now is that if any of you have an Oculus or if you have uh, PlayStation VR, that you will enter these digital worlds. And, they, and this is pretty much what Ready Player One was about. They want us to live in these worlds forever and you'll just get, you know, you'll sit at home all day and you'll eat out of a bucket, you'll eat bugs out of a bucket and you'll pretend that you're a music superstar in this digital world. That's what, maybe that's why they're trying to destroy the real world because they want this to be as bad as possible so that we'll all be begging to be in Zuckerberg's multiverse or whatever the hell it is. Anya says, will you be hiring now with the uh, Rumble merge? Yes, we will, absolutely, so right now, uh, whatever you do, if it's, if it's in the tech space, if you're a programmer, if you're a coder, whatever you do, I mean, we need people in HR, we need people in everything. So on the locals front, you can just email uh, your resume to jobs at locals.com. I don't know specifically what Rumble's hiring for, but I do know that they just uh, got some new offices and it might be in a certain sunshine state. Have I, was I allowed to say that? I'm not totally sure. Uh, so there's good things happening there. And uh, I know a few of you were worried that uh, Rumble was a Canadian company because that's where it was founded in Canada, obviously has horrible laws related to free speech that are only getting worse. Uh, so again, maybe they have a 
building somewhere in Florida that they're going to move into soon, and I don't want to. We're not streaming this, are we? And nobody can hear me if I don't really move my lips. I think we're okay. Uh, Patrick says, "What hairstyle adjustments are you planning to deal with for the Florida humidity?" Patrick, what what does Patrick know? Um, well, first off, I feel like I'm having quite a good hair day today, and it's a perfectly beautiful day here in Los Angeles with no humidity, which is always good for the height. Uh, I am actually going to Florida on Saturday, uh, on the 30th. Uh, there is the National Conservatism Conference. I'll be there along with uh, Peter Thiel and Ayan Hirsi Ali and Josh Hawley and Marco Rubio and Chris Rufo and give me a couple other names. Liz Wheeler will be there. Uh, Ted Cruz will be there. It's just, a, it's just uh, Michael Knowles. It's like an all-star Rubin Report reunion, basically. Uh, I'm doing a couple speaking gigs there. Oh, Douglas Murray will be there. Uh, Yoram Hazoni. I mean, lots and lots of Rubin Report people. You can still get tickets. Can we make sure to link to, uh, to the event in the description? We'll link to the event so that you you guys can still get tickets. So I will be there and Locals is one of the sponsors of the event. So I'll be doing interviews throughout whoever we can just grab as they're giving their speeches and everything else. I'll be there from the 30th to the 2nd. And then I am sticking around in Florida from the 3rd to the 7th or so. Um, I have my reasons. Okay. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Republican senators grilling Attorney General Merrick Garland during his testimony yesterday? Do you think he should resign because of his memo directed at parents? Yes, if you didn't see this, so this was happening just as we started the show yesterday, which is why we didn't fully cover it on the show, but I, I briefly mentioned it. Um, there is some absolutely incredible exchanges. So Merrick Garland is testifying about this memo that went around that basically was calling parents who were showing up to school board meetings to tell the administrators that we don't like you teaching children critical race theory. We don't like all of this gender lunacy. We don't like your, that you're telling them that two plus two equals five instead of four. Just all this stuff. Then this memo sort of came out, which basically was like these people are terrorists and we're gonna have domestic terrorists and we're gonna have to look into them and probably follow them and God knows what else we're gonna do. And basically, Tom Cotton specifically, but everybody, Cruz went after him, Josh Hawley, like all the, the few good guys that we've got, and we've got a couple of them, just absolutely demolish them. The, the one clip, uh, we should have had it ready for today. We'll, we'll get it to you guys. Uh, Tom Cotton just completely demolished him and said, you have got to step down like this. You are an embarrassment. He was going to send basically the FBI and the CIA to look at parents who, who just wanna make sure that their kids aren't in effect being intellectually abused at schools. So Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland, by the way, could not come off as less impressive. He's just so unimpressive and, and befuddled and just meh, 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 like mealy mouth, nothing. Um, so it's a good thing that he's not on the Supreme Court, but he should not be attorney general. But this is one of those things where what the progressives do is the worse you are at your job, the either longer you will stay there or the more quickly you will get promoted. They love incompetency because they're all, well, I think there's a couple of reasons for it. They're all sort of incompetent to, to one degree or another, but when you put ideology before truth, it's like, no matter how bad things get, you keep doubling down on it. That's why they double down no matter what goes on. It doesn't matter, you, okay, there's bad crime, so what do we do? We get rid of police, now it gets worse, what do we do? We blame the police, like you saw the Ilhan Omar video we did yesterday. They're, they're just terrible, so Merrick Island should step down, I, I suspect he will not 
Uh, Christine says, do you have a plan in place in the event that Apple and or Google decide to remove the locals or Rumble apps from their Play stores? They did that to Parler and it just about destroyed them. So very quickly, uh, you all know that really what happened to Parler was the, the servers being blown up. Amazon AWS servers, Amazon Web Services AWS, they blew them up and destroyed Parler. And Parler basically had 23 million users and they went from having 23 million users and like a business that was probably gonna get tons of money and be able to scale and do all sorts of great stuff. They just absolutely destroyed the competition. I've called it a mafia move many times. It's like a new guy comes into town, right? There's a new guy and it's like, oh, if you have bigger guns and more men on the street, you just take them out. You don't mess around, you just take them out. So that's what they did on that. But that being said, uh, Apple did take Parler out of the store, iOS store, and then I believe the Android store was taken out a little bit later. Over the course of months, as Parler changed a few things in their terms of service, they are back in those stores. But your broader point is, well, okay, the two big stores exist, like how are you guys gonna make sure you stay in them? Well, first off, um, it's a huge problem. Like I'm not gonna pretend it's not a problem. The fact that these two stores in essence control what so much of us put on our phone. Now there are ways around it, by the way. There are some ways around it, but it's often quite complex. It's not, you know, unless you're a techie, you don't really get to get fully how to do it. Uh, there's been some talk that Elon Musk is working on his own phone and maybe app store as well. So there is hope, and by the way, that would be the competition part of this that I like. My goal would be that for now, we stay on those stores as long as possible. And as I've told you guys many times, especially on the local side of things, it's like, man, we have such great, fun, decent conversation going on on locals because there's a paywall, so there is no bad behavior. It's like, just think of all of the horrible I mean horrible stuff that is said constantly all day long on Twitter. But nobody ever is like, I wonder how much longer Twitter will stay in the app store, right? So that tells you a little bit about how, why the politics part of this is so confusing. So to be clear, I wanna stay in those stores as long as possible. I know the entire Rumble team wants to stay on there as long as possible. We also want competition. We want other ways to work around those stores and maybe build new stores, as I said, Elon Musk might be doing. Um, but. You know, we do have terms of service. We do have terms of service. And if you break the law, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble and that means you're gonna be in more trouble than Rumble's gonna put you in or Apple or anything else. So again, I don't wanna overpromise. There's no perfect system yet. We're trying to piece all these things together. Uh, and by the way, uh, you might be hearing a helicopter over my house. I'm not sure if they're coming to get me right now, but uh, if so, I've enjoyed all of this and uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to communicate with you one way or another. There's been helicopters all day long. Maybe, uh, maybe OJ got out. Oh, there was a shooting. Oh, it's LA. There was a shooting in the area. How about that? I did not know that. Good to see you guys. Uh, all right, Michael says, I really enjoyed movie night with the Ruben Report community. Dave, what movie would you suggest and do you think locals live chat and rumble could integrate with Netflix or other copyrighted media? So I don't know how quickly, say, Netflix is going to be integrating with us, uh, but there are third-party things like Netflix Party, which is what we've done for the Ruben Report movie nights. I would like to do one. You know, I haven't seen Dune yet. I know most people saw it already. David was traveling for a couple days, so we didn't get to see it yet. I've heard some pretty good things about it so far. Not all perfect things, but I'm trying not to pay too much attention. Um, but yes, I would love to do more of that. I mean, I think the next step is how do we link sort of social media and our ability to communicate with each other with media companies so that we can have more interactive experiences. Because when we've done movie night, when and we did Interstellar, we did V for Vendetta, we've done Contact, uh, we did Idiocracy, a couple others, 
we do have a live chat going, and it's fun watching things with you and seeing how we all are reacting at the same times, what we agree on, what we disagree on, and then we have a, a live video chat after. So we will do a movie night soon. If you want to be part, you can always join us at rubenreport.locals.com. And by the way, our growth the last couple of days was absolutely spectacular, so good things are happening. Um, was it a mass shooting by the house, or just a, was just a regular, was just a... Uh, Oh, okay. It was something. It was something somewhat legit. All right. I'm not going to mention that because it probably gives away a little too much. Um, okay. Uh, Peyton says favorite ice ice cream flavor. There's a segue for you. I love the cookies and cream. I love the cookies and cream. And by the way, I will give a shout out. Not a sponsor, but I'm going to give a shout out to Tillamook, who is a, a dairy company. They've been making ice cream now. Their cookies and cream is just so damn good. Trust me, Ben and Jerry's. Those two old ridiculous socialist buffoons. Move that stuff over, you don't need that stuff. They sold the company for $350 million to Unilever, a giant capitalist evil corporation anyway. So they're frauds at every level and their ice cream is overpriced and ain't that great. Tillamook cookies and cream. And they've also got one called Monster Cookie, not Cookie Monster, okay, because there's obviously uh, copyright issues. Monster Cookie, pretty damn good. Jill says, is there a way for supporters to invest in your new venture even on a small scale? Is that even needed? So I'm glad you asked this because I had been telling people in the locals community, I've been trying to figure out a way to get small people, just not small people, just regular people to be able to throw in a couple bucks so that we could figure out a way to get people to invest. Um, and we, there, it, you know, it's extremely complex. Like this is not totally my department, you know, figuring out how you like create a fund with a bunch of random people that don't know each other, that aren't accredited investors and all the things. So we tried a bunch of ways to figure it out, uh, to get people to uh, invest in locals. You know, then what also happened is, because our growth was so good and our burn rate was very low, we had money and it was unnecessary to sell more of the company and it would have actually been a bad idea because when you get acquired, they look at the cap table, why do you have all these people if you have all this money? And anyways, a lot of complex stuff. Um, but my hope really is that as we grow this new venture, as Rumble continues to continue and continues to grow and as Locals continues to add fuel uh, to that machine, uh, that there will be investment opportunities down the road, like that really is my hope and I want everyone to get in on this and I, I would not have done this deal if I didn't believe in it and I certainly wouldn't have done this deal for stock if I didn't believe in it, you know. We had all cash offers, like I could have taken an offer that would have completely changed my life, I probably could have retired altogether and just disappeared, but I wanted to stick around for you guys. It was, it was for Michael and Connor, I said, no, Dave, say no to the money, keep working, you know what I mean, keep being productive. Um, but we could have done that and I, I took an all stock deal because uh, or we took an all-stock deal because we believe in this. We believe in the mission statement and the company and want to continue it to grow. Uh, Linda says, do you think that the Let's Go Brandon chants in sports and music arenas are affecting the younger population's view on the Biden administration? I do. This is why memes are so important. You know, like you can spread memes faster than you can spread ideas. If you can get a good picture with a couple words on it, that, that says something true, that lights something up in somebody, and usually it's because it's funny, right? It's like, man, you can make them think in a different way. And then suddenly we get these chants out there, let's go Brandon chants, and they start spontaneously happen, happening at sporting events all over the place, and now they're starting to happen just at events on the street and at bars and all sorts of stuff. It's like, that's what authoritarian governments hate more than anything else, when the people start doing something, when the bottom up, 
starts doing something and it's funny and it's real and it's relevant, they hate that. They absolutely hate that. So this guy, who's the guy that wrote this Let's Go Brandon song that was number one on uh, Apple Music? It was number one and then they deleted the song or something, right? Isn't that right? Give, give, me some, give me some info on that. There was a guy basically who had this Let's, Let's Go Brandon song and then somehow it got deleted, but it was number one, if I'm not mistaken, on the Apple charts. His name is Bryson Gray. And you can find the song, I assume, somewhere. Let's go, Brandon. But the point is, it's, it's cool because it's spontaneous and it's fun. And by the way, you know, if you're at a sporting event game, you don't want to be chanting F Joe Biden because there's kids there, right? Like, you don't want to be doing that. But you chant, let's go, Brandon. The kids don't know what the hell it means. It doesn't even matter. The parent can make up whatever they have to make up. Um, and, and then it's fun and it's like, people have had it. People have had it with this authoritarian government. They really have. So good, good for the people is what I would say. Uh, so Bryson Gray, that's his name. He wrote a song called Let's Go Brandon. It was banned on YouTube, although it is still on Apple and it bumped Adele off the top slot. Poor Adele, but she has lost some weight, so she's all right. Uh, Pool Party says, uh, no, now they're going to say I'm a fatophobe, right? I'm just saying, she looks, she looks better. She lost weight, right? Like, you know. Although sometimes as a singer, you want to have a little heft to you because then you can get, you know, you can really exhale because you get all that weight in then like that. Uh, Pool Party says, if the State Department is issuing passports with the gender X, can I finally go full Austin Powers and get mine to say yes, please? That's funny. Uh, yes, if you didn't see this, the State Department is now putting on passports. You're allowed to choose gender X as if you're an X-Men, I guess. I mean, it's all so stupid. By the way, the State Department also yesterday was National Intersex Day, which in essence is if you've got a penis and a vagina, we did need a day for that. We're, we're in a clown country at the moment, but but the silver lining, and this is why I'm hopeful, it's like they're giving us, they're throwing everything at us right now, like absolutely everything. And if the, if the scariest people we have to fight are a bunch of genderless unicorns on TikTok and AOC and Nancy Pelosi and old Joe Biden, it's like, I like our chances. It doesn't mean we're gonna win every time. It doesn't mean that bad things won't happen along the way. Gavin Newsom is still the governor here, but it's like, they're showing us what they got. And it, it ain't that much. It scared a lot of us, but it hasn't scared all of us. I know more people are feeling it right now and let's keep running with that. So uh, if you would like to play along, uh, go to rubenreport.locals.com. As I said, we're doing live chats during all these shows and you can communicate with me directly and you can submit a question for next week's live Q&A. And tomorrow's roundtable will be former White House spokesman, Sean Spicer, author Eric Metaxas. And did we confirm Liz? She told me yes. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Liz Wheeler will be our third guest tomorrow on The Rubin Report. And then I'm off to Florida for a bunch of stuff. Maybe we'll do a little meet and greet while we're down in the Sunshine State. And uh, I have my reasons to go down there, okay? What am I, on trial here, you know? Uh, and yeah, there'll be a locals booth there. So if, if you do join, uh, Come on by, say hi. Hope to see you guys there. Have a great day. Adios, amigos. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.